Is it a hallucination brought on by alcohol, Russian vodka, poisoned by Chernobyl? Nope, it's just a funny Christmas carol. We're talking Scrooged. Hit it. In 1988, Canada hosted the Winter Olympics for the first time. NASA launched the space shuttle Discovery. Who Framed Roger Rabbit showed us that Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse could work together. And Bill Murray returned to film after a four-year hiatus. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me are two very special guests. You'll know them from the Christmas Time in the City podcast, Chris and Chris. Chris, Chris, how's it going? Hello. Hello. We're doing fine. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Hanging in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this uh, this quarantine or shelter in place or lockdown or whatever you want to call it, it uh, treating you okay? Yeah, we're making the best of it. You know, it's uh, there's only so much you can do in a small New York City apartment, but we're finding all of the things. Yeah. <laughs> I was quickly deemed non-essential, so I've been home quite often. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now yeah, that I understand. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> <laughs> we uh, so I work at a Christmas store, and we close for about six weeks. It's like our like our summer, mm-hmm. and uh, right when all this started happening was right when we ended. So I've been home this whole time, and of course my wife's a teacher, so she's been teaching, and I'm the one scrambling after the little ones. So, yeah, that's basically our situation. I'm in the other room working and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, doing the same thing. I teach some classes online and stuff. So I've, nice. been, I've been working part time a lot since he's been born, since our kids been around. And I've, I've been kind of doing Mr. Mom kind of yeah. a thing where I hang out. Oh, day. Right on. I'll, I'll work like shifts here and there during the week and, and, week and evenings and stuff. But I teach um, recreational cooking classes at a culinary school. So cool. It's, yeah, it's, there's not a, a huge demand for that currently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so the demand is for him at home right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd take an online class for that. That sounds so cool. That's true. Yeah. That might be eventually what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and, where we're headed. Cooking through Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be a little more difficult, but I think we could manage it. Yeah. Well, you see, like, they have ads for, like, uh, learn to be, like, a veterinarian assistant, like, at home, like, that also seems suspicious. <laughs> yeah. So anything's possible. Yeah. That one, yeah. See, that one to me seems a little more suspect. Yeah. Four pets that are in yeah. there. All of their pets just just like <laughs> hiding in the corner. <laughs> Cowering every time they turn the corner. It's not Tuesday or Thursday, is it? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so tonight we're talking about the 1988 film Scrooged. It was like Bill Murray's big triumphant comeback after he'd been away from movies for, uh, for four years. What are y'all's like, what are y'all's feelings in general about the movie and, uh, and you know, what's your experience with it? I'm a big fan. It's one of my top movies. So there's obviously parts that don't necessarily carry on to modern times and I don't (laughs) know, uh, PC wise. And, but I just, I don't know. I love Scrooge. I like the whole Christmas Carol in general, but, bill murray on top of that and it's you know i get what they were going for with it and yeah i appreciated it i really like it i was excited to watch it again like not around christmas time right now too (laughs) this seems like one of those movies that when i watched it 100 years ago it's it seemed like a much different movie than i'm watching it now like now i can kind of see like there's definitely some like people are at, at odds like it seemed like bill murray didn't really i don't feel like he wanted a bit a bit more the movie to go a certain direction than, than the way the studios were leaning. Yeah. But like, besides mm-hmm. that, it's, I, uh, I remember seeing it. I don't know if, I don't know if I saw it in the theater. I remember seeing it and thinking, cause my dad was a police officer. So I had seen all the police Academy movies. Nice. So to see Bobcat Goldthwait in it. And at least in the beginning part where he's like pretty normal before he kind of like snaps. 
It's like, I, I totally know who that person is. <laughs> but it was so weird seeing him like that, right? Because you're used to seeing him yeah. like Zed. <laughs> yeah. And even, even before he kind of cracked, you can kind of still hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, wow, that, that's totally him. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, this to me is, uh, it's one of those that like, I have to watch every Christmas. I mean, it's, it's, it's up there. And uh, it's, you know, you're right. It's so funny because um, Bill Murray and Richard Donner didn't quite get along. I mean, Bill Murray, of course, is notorious for like being difficult to work with. But um, uh, the writers themselves said Richard Donner didn't really like understand comedy. And he was yeah. going for more of like a slapstick kind of thing while their comedy was more subtle. And uh, they said only about 40% of their script like actually made it into like the final film. And you can kind of mm-hmm. tell, you know, there's like certain parts that, that just have a different vibe than everything else. But yeah, but, I wonder what kind of movie it would have been if it was like 100% what, you know, he would have put on it. Be a yeah. very different movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, for real. I mean, and of course, Bill Murray is again also notorious for ad libbing. So, but you yeah, know, when, when you're Bill Murray, you can do stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So this has always been one of my top movies. Uh, I didn't see it in the theater, but um, I know we rented it from um, not Blockbuster, but it was this little video place called uh, Movie Land Video. And it was really cool because they had like these, they were almost like newspapers, but instead of articles, it was like the, the latest movie that was coming out. And cool. so, so I remember specifically seeing this one and opening it up and there was like, you know, the big skeleton hand and, and, you know, Bill Murray. With, and um, so my dad rented it to kind of watch it first to make sure it was okay. And then after that, we ended up watching it that year. So I didn't see it till 1989, right. but it's one like, I don't remember I don't remember a Christmas since then without it, you know? Oh, that's nice. That's a nice sense of uh, nostalgia for you then. It does. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's definitely, and I don't know, something about Bill Murray in general, I've always kind of liked ever since uh, I saw him in Ghostbusters and. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, yeah, that makes sense. Any one of our generation, I feel, or even before, obviously, because uh, Saturday Live and everything, he's a big deal. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna follow anything he's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. But I have to ask because this this is set in New York City. How mm-hmm. do y'all, as New Yorkers, uh, feel about the surroundings and the way they portrayed New York City? Is it kind? Because I've never been. So is it mm-hmm. kind of accurate? Is it like way off? Is it? I like, think it's pretty accurate. I think it's pretty accurate too. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. <laughs> We're like even picking out like, oh, he probably works close to you know Rockefeller Center because he's working with TV and he's across yeah, the street from it. Like yeah. they did a pretty good job of even like locations and all that I, kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in like the the very like New York sort of characters. Like you have yeah. um, the the taxi driver, mm-hmm. which I suppose, <laughs> but like he's like, he types like a very New York kind of a dude, right? And there's always like, other people like like that work with him, and you can kind of just tell like oh, this is like. This, they're going. They're trying to do what they can to make it feel like it's like a New York. Like, there's all kinds of different personalities and stuff. That I mean, I'm sure it happens everywhere, but here we're so condensed and together that right. Everyone's kind of like weird personalities shine a little bit brighter. Yeah, yeah. I think they did a good job on it for sure. <laughs> well, one of my favorite scenes, and and we'll get into the plot and everything in, in a bit. But one of my favorites is when he's walking and like the street musicians. You know, they're like all these famous jazz artists. You know, Miles Davis and David mm-hmm. Sandworm and. Uh, Paul Schaefer and and uh, so I'm like huge into jazz that's that's like one of my one of my favorites and um so when I saw Miles Davis I remember you know just like geeking out like crazy like whoa it's Miles and you can tell because you know he's got he's playing downwards the way he always did like right. in his later years I mean it's just like like classic Miles you know so that was always a favorite of mine is yeah, that is cool. that typical to see like street performers around uh, Christmas time over there, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of warped into from being, like, kind of, like, fun street performers to people like dressed as, traps. people dressed as, like, uh, <laughs> Elmo yeah. with, like, fanny packs, just, like, collecting money or just, like, Batman. And yeah. But they have ones that's uh, a Statue of Liberty where, they, like, the person just wears, like, this, like, horribly terrifying mask and <laughs> just, like, stand on, like, a milk crate and people will come up and get a picture and, like, they'll kind of, like, like whatever like mumble under their breath, give me five bucks or something. And it's like, there's that kind of thing. That, <laughs> there, there aren't any like huge, like jazz legends playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, I'm aware. Yeah. I mean, you'll see some good, like um, musical things in the subway uh, 
subway stations and stuff. Sure. You know, they, they still do some pretty cool things because you have to get a permit in those areas. So, oh, right, are right. Like, you know, they're going to get a permit and go play, um, you know, where a lot of people are coming in and out. And they're usually pretty good. That's cool. So it happens, you know. <laughs> just well, maybe me, not like exactly let me say it. before we before we continue um i really enjoyed y'all's episode on um the on home alone 2 that you know yeah. i'm, I'm oh, like yeah. super into like all that kind of you know cool um you know just i, I don't want to say trivia because i don't want to trivialize what y'all do uh, <laughs> but um but no but uh i i do really enjoy like knowing about you know oh well that's not really here and there's no way they could get over there i mean it was just a great episode so um, yeah so that, congrats that, on thanks. that i think it's one of our more popular episodes yeah. people tend to bring it up which is fine it's also like it's when, when you make these podcasts it's you don't necessarily think of it immediately but like we put like a lot not a lot of effort but i did like, i did a fair amount of math and it came out at the end edited to like eight minutes. And it's just like, man, it felt like I put hours of work into that. <laughs> it came into like as nothing. But but it makes it very digestible, which is good. So people can hear about it, listen yeah. to it. And it's right. like a double speed to finish in four minutes. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick, mm. nice listen. It's very informative to the point. <laughs> uh, but we were kind of doing that when we were watching this, like just looking at different streets and where they're at. And, you know, I got kind of more lost in the storyline because it's really fun. But um, definitely parts of it when they were, he was outside. We're, we're paying attention of like location wise and what's going on but it, like i said it seemed pretty accurate for what why he would be around there and actually like that's where he would probably be working <laughs> right on that's cool so of course you know this is a huge movie and uh, richard donner directed um based on the script by the the two writers o'donohue and glazer but i mean they have a ton of like big names you know it's just like of course bill murray and then uh, Karen Allen from, you know, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we got mm-hmm. um, John Forsyth and Robert Mitchum. And um, I mean, like all these big, Bob Goldthwait you were talking about, you know, like like just all these guys and then cameos from like a bunch of other guys as well, you know. So you have like Mary Lou Retton, of course, John Houseman, And we mentioned the, the street performers there and mm-hmm. Lee Majors. And yeah. I mean, it just like they didn't, they pulled out all the stops, you know. It's just, it's one of those where, they didn't just go for anyone. They really wanted to make sure that like you remembered who was in this movie. And I think that's just really cool whenever a studio can do that. I mean, there's something to be said for like hiring, you know, unknowns, but at the same time, when you want a like a a big draw, which they did, the studio of course did, because it was around, uh, you know, Christmas time, then, you know, you kind of have to go for the big names, I think. Yeah. And I think when you're making a Christmas movie, the idea is you want people to keep watching it every year too. Exactly. So like having something like extra special in there for situations like that, like keeping people coming back every year to keep watching it and buying the DVDs and buying, you know, just kind of keeping it alive. So it makes sense to do that. Good idea on their part. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So of course this uh, starts off with the, uh, the night the reindeer died. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) It is so good. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, like they threw like every kind of parody thing they could think of in this beginning, you know, it was, uh, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, the, the terrace that stormed Santa's workshop and then, you know, Robert Goulet's, you know, Cajun (laughs) Christmas and, uh, you know, the, the father loves beaver and mm-hmm. <laughs> like all these fake shows that are just amazing. But, but I think what I love most about that opening one is, uh, you know, just Lee majors, a $6 million man coming in with his, you know, his big old machine gun. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's, it's so ridiculous and over the top, but it also, uh, now thinking back now, um, cause even though this movie came out afterwards, it kind of reminds me of the Santa Claus, you know, when they're trying to sell like that, uh, that tank, that panzer. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, it's, yeah. so I don't know what it is, but there's something about that juxtaposition of like Santa and like, you know, military and, and mm-hmm. that's, it's just, uh, I guess. Like people, violence of some sort. Well, violence. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. just funny, you know, and, and that maybe even goes back to like Santa Claus conquers the Martians or something, but, <laughs> but uh, so I always, I always love that. And there's this one elf that always sticks out to me because uh, she's kind of like a punk you know, like, uh, yeah, like a I, I noticed her too. It was very subtle. <laughs> yeah. But, like, so but, she had, she, I think she had like a collar on maybe does, or something. Yeah. <laughs> she has a dog collar. Yeah. It's like, like, so the, out like, of place. like the, the extended, uh, Donner cut for this movie at least would have a lot more dialogue with her. And <laughs> <laughs> now I want the Donner cut for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's actually weird. Cause Lois Lane shoots her in this movie as well. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, such a <sighs> I do love that Donner cut of Superman too, but anyway. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we get, of course, the other thing. And so it it turns out that it's all like Frank Cross, who's Bill Murray's character, um, the head of this IBC network. And he's there in like his boardroom with like his highest level executives, you know. And, you know, he's kind of really bummed out about or upset, I should say, about their 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 promo for Scrooge or, or for A Christmas Carol that they're doing on Christmas Eve. It's like a live version of A Christmas Carol. And he just thinks it's the worst. So then he shows mm-hmm. them his version. And, of course, it's... Uh, I mean, it's just, it's terrible. It's got, you know, acid rain and drive-by yeah. shootings. and um, It's not even anything about a special. It's like, it's just for the promo. It's just to like scare people to want to watch, but it has nothing to do with that. Like they're not going to show any of that actually happen. It's just like to scare people enough to want to watch it. And then when they watch it, I, I yeah. guess they would keep watching it at some point. I don't know. I wouldn't watch it if I was promised something else. It's like the 80s version of clickbait. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there you that's, go. that's the perfect way to describe it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Your life might just depend on you. I mean, it's so great. Oh, man. So, of course, the boardroom is all just, I mean, some of them are gagging and they're just walking mm-hmm. out completely stunned. And then that's when we, we get our first sense of conflict where Elliot Loudermilk, played by Bob Goldthwaite, you know, kind of stands up to him, says, I think you're off base. And he has him immediately fired. <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. Uh, I think they say it takes place in, oh, gosh, what was it? How many minutes? It was like 11 minutes or something. Uh, anyway. Oh, it, um, I think it was, yeah, I, I, I can't remember. Was it four? Think, four minutes? I don't know why the number four it, just popped in my head. I don't remember. But, yeah, he had like a set time where he had to be out by or uh, he had to call him by or something like that so he can get him out of the building. <laughs> And that's when we get like our first exposure to uh, his Bob Cratchit, which is Alfre Woodard's character, Grace. Right. And, you know, she, I mean, she's just like a breath of fresh air, I think, in this mm-hmm. special, you know. She I think just, he would come off way worse if it wasn't for her. Because yeah. he's obviously not a great dude in this, like, pretty harsh at points. And it's like, if you didn't know it was Bill Murray kind of joking someone saying these things would be really awful, but like she balances them out so great. Cause she mm-hmm. puts up with it, but also like takes care of him and mothers him. And mm-hmm. like, she wouldn't do that if she didn't see some sort of kindness in him too. I mean, she might've, cause she needed a job and she had a lot of kids to take yeah. care of. But I've been nice to some bosses that weren't very awesome. <laughs> I guess so. But it just seemed like they had, a rep- they had a rapport and a relationship of some sort, you know? Um, I don't know. She definitely helped balance that out and make him not seem as horrible. <laughs> Although he was pretty terrible. I mean, he literally like looks at the number of fingers on Santa's hand that her kid drew. And he's like, there's six. Yeah. It's, it's crap. And he <laughs> just crumples it up and throws it away. It like, right in front of her. <laughs> come on guy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's funny to us as watchers, but like uh, as viewers, but I can't, that's yeah. Those are personality reasons that would not work out in the real world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be pretty terrible. I don't think I could. I, that's when I'd be like, okay, new job. Yeah, there's a part later that I absolutely love, but we'll get to it later. But it definitely has to do with this and his personality. But once we get to that part, I'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so of course, just like uh, Christmas Carol, um, we end up he he is kind of alone by himself, and then he meets his old boss, Lou Hayward, and that's where John Forsyth comes in. And he warns him, you know, you're going to be visited by three spirits and, you know, it's for your own salvation. But we get like some great jokes. I mean, one of the things I love about this is it's just like so quotable. You know, there's like so many lines you can just throw out there. Like, I don't mind if you hit me, Frank, but lay off the Bacardi. You know, I mean, it's just (laughs) (laughs) like all these, all these great one-liners, you know, adored by women. He's like, let's be honest, you paid for the women. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, this is the part that used to like scare me when I was younger because, you know, he picks him up and he like takes him out through the window. He kind of like phases through the window and, um, and as he's holding him, you know, he's trying to like grab his arm and. He grabs like pieces of that, you know, decayed muscle and yeah. it just kind of falls off and breaks. And, you know, it's kind of kind of graphic for like a Christmas carol, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, of yeah. course, by today's standards, you know, you're watching The Walking Dead. It's like no big deal. But but uh, back then, you know, I was like nine years old. I mean, that kind of freaked me out a bit. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely nightmare inducing. <laughs> Even him in general, I think the makeup is so good. You know, yeah. I mean, they got so many accolades for the makeup and effects and everything in this. I think it, it's just, it's really good. You know, it, it still kind of holds up. Yeah, they, you know? they, they dumped as much money as they could into this, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. And uh, the mouse that comes out <laughs> of the yeah. back of his head. Yeah. That was another little like, Ooh. and then the rest of the movie, I mean, the part that should be like the scariest, you know, the ghost of Christmas future. It never bothered me. It was always just, it was always just that one part that always freaked me out. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess they, they just, like you said, they just did a great job and, uh, but anyway, <laughs> I got over it. I'm, not, I'm, you know, I can watch the but walking. Did you? Dead. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. Well, I'm going to say I did. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, so he's freaking out. He's back in his chair, you know, after the, after the, his boss or his old boss's corpse drops him, you know, he's like falling and he ends up mm-hmm. just landing in his chair and then the phone dials and it's, you know, his old love interest, um, Claire, and, which is a, a Karen Allen's character. And, you know, he kind of leaves like this terrified message for her. And then we cut. That's you know, it's like a hard cut, and then we go into the, the very next day, you know. And and one thing that I, that I always laughed at is uh, when he's talking to his boss, you know, and and his boss is Robert Mitchum, and they're, you know, he's like telling him about you know dogs and cats and and programming in the future for cats. Maybe a detective that like dangles a string or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. quick quick movements. And it's so funny because uh, we have a cat that we inherited. Uh, from my wife's grandma after she passed. And I mean, it's the same thing. Like you can't make any quick movements or she'll start immediately, like just following you around, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> and things like that. And so I always enjoyed that, that line. Cause uh, growing up, we had dogs and cats as well. And one of our dogs would always just kind of look at the TV whenever he'd hear certain sounds, you know, just. Yeah. Like, I mean, they make it. programs like that now. So it's they so do. not a far fetched so thing. We put on stuff for our dog. Like there's like you go on a hike with, you know, things that a dog would like to look at. And um, like, I think there's fields of cows and it's, it's a literally show for dogs on YouTube. <laughs> like that's a whole area of content now. Yeah. It's crazy that, you know, it's not, that doesn't seem far fetched to us. It's like, yeah, okay. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> they should have, they should have copyrighted the idea. <laughs> right. There you go. For real. Oh man. What, uh, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, we have an English bulldog. Nice. <laughs> How old? Uh, he is eight. We eight this summer. Okay. Yeah, he's cool. he's settled into the stereotypes of English bulldogs. Yeah. Oh he's yeah. Right <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right <Six> on. <laughs> yeah. Right now we just have Susie Q, our cat. But growing up. We had, of course, you know, being a Hispanic family, we had a Chihuahua. You have to have a Chihuahua. So. <laughs> yes. And it was right after, we got him right after Oliver and Company, so we named him Tito. Aww. And uh, <laughs> there's pictures of us, like, because uh, I have two younger brothers, and us all wearing red shirts, and each one of us taking turns holding Tito. He's <laughs> got his little red sweater on. I mean, it's adorable, but I remember it was a pain at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dogs are pretty... Uh... They're a lot of work, but I've had dogs my whole life. Like I've ne- I've never been without a dog, so nice. it just it doesn't feel right to not have one. <laughs> I am definitely more of a dog person than I am a cat person. Um, so it's been <laughs> that's a why struggle. you said you inherited the cat. That's, <laughs> it that's wasn't it. like oh, I'm going to love yeah. the cat. It's the most. It's the least loving way of saying that you received a cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and the only reason we got it is because we were the only ones in the family that weren't allergic. So, uh, oh man. So yeah, we were. I don't want to say we were bequeathed a cat, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I gotcha. Essentially, yeah, that's kind of what happened. We were, we were like, here, you take it. And but anyway, um, so so um, there. The next day, Claire actually comes to visit him, and. Uh, you know, he's, he's waiting to go to lunch and all this stuff. And, um, he ends up kind of, you know, brushing her off and he goes to have lunch with his boss, Rhinelander, but also like an LA sleazeball kind of executive guy, Bryce Mm -hmm. Cummings played by John Glover. And it's there. He starts, you can already tell something crazy is going to happen now because he starts hallucinating the eyeball in the, 
in the glass. And then I love he, this whole scene so much. <laughs> <laughs> he does such a good job. He really does. And his scream, you know, it's one of those like, like when you're listening to like Prince, you know, uh, no one can scream like in music like Prince, but I think no one can scream like when you're in acting mm. the way Bill Murray screams. It's just something about it. You know, it's kind of high pitched and, and um, I mean, of course, most screams are high pitched, but you know, just, <laughs> uh, you know it's kind of breathy. But at the same time, it's, you know, there's there's just like that real tension that you just feel here. here. He's, he's right. really terrified, you know, but it's funny <laughs> because of the way he screams. I, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it always made me laugh. And mm-hmm. then he makes that face where, you know, it's just, he looks like he's about to throw up and he's disgusted. And <laughs> oh man, it's great. It goes on for so long too, where, you know, they say they're worried about him later on, but like, I feel like someone would, would definitely be like, sir, you have to stop. Like, you know, he starts to go crazy. He, he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gets up and he throws the water on the waiter yes. that he thought was on fire. Yeah, and then trips going out the door. Oh, and that was real. He really did slip. It was so good. Oh, man. It's so crazy that, you know, it's funny how a lot of those movies, like, they'll keep those kind of takes in, you know, like when uh, Ian McKellen bumped his head in Lord of the Rings, you know, and and stuff like that. And it's just like like the best, I mean, it's just the best takes, you know, you got to keep it Mm -hmm. in. So, it's a part of them being the most human, you know, because yeah. they're themselves for like a second. And then, you know, it's nice to kind of bring that element in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the throwing, when he says the, the Richard Pryor joke, that's in reference to yeah. you know, his, his incident there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he leaves the building and that's when we're greeted by the first ghost, probably the most New York of the stereotypes, like you were saying, the the cab driver, and he's played by um, David Johansson from the New York Dolls, who of course mm-hmm. later had the uh, you know the glam rock, and of course later he became a Buster Point Dexter uh, for that album or a couple of albums, you know, it was like his character. But I've always loved David Johansson. Do you ever did you ever see that movie um, Let It Ride? It's with Richard Dreyfuss. It's about horse racing. No, I, I I can picture for some reason I can picture like the outside of the like the VHS tape. Like I can picture what it looks like the yeah. movie poster kind of thing, but I don't yeah. think I've ever seen it. So he's like a like a, a gambler. He always loses, but he's having like the greatest day. Like every bet he makes, like any decision he makes, it's like the best day ever. And of course Terry Gar comes out and uh, Jennifer Tilly, but but David Johansson is like his friend who's, you know, also like a sad sack kind of guy. And so that was like my first exposure to him. Um, But when I saw him in this, I remember being so pumped because he's got that real gravelly voice, you know, that just, I mean, something about it. It's just, it always draws you in, but at the same time, it like, like grates on you, Mm -hmm. but like, you just can't stop listening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's that, he plays that character perfectly. He's really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he takes him to his past. Of course, we get the, the ob- obligatory ghost of Christmas past sequence. Uh, we, we visit his parents and uh, uh, another cameo by a, a Murray brother. That's his brother, Brian Doyle mm-hmm. playing his dad who uh, I, he's four years old. His dad gives him some meat instead of uh, <laughs> yeah. the choo-choo train that he wanted. And, mm-hmm. you know, Niagara Falls. <laughs> oh man it's so great and then they go they cut to the the fezziwig type scene where he's at the party and you know you know christmas eve and lou hayward is is like hey you know there's a party going on Uh, haven't you noticed and it's like that whole i mean it's you know it's just it's great the way that they incorporated it and it's there that you know leaving that party that he meets claire and, mm-hmm. and, you know, so it's very similar in the original story, of course, um, or the, at least in most adaptations, I should say, you know, he meets Claire at the party in this case, or, or Claire, uh, he meets his love at the Clara, uh, at the Clara, God, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, he meets his love interest there at the party. Uh, in this case, um, you know, it's like on his way out and she hits him at the door and then gets his cute name Lumpy and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and then he gets to see their relationship, and which brings me to one of my favorite lines ever in a movie, which is, you know, I've never liked a girl uh, enough to give her 12 sharp knives. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so great. But out of all the the ghosts, I always like this one because I think this this scene has, uh, or this whole sequence has just like a ton of heart, you know? Yeah. It, it uh, and, and I know, I, I know a lot of the the different versions, they kind of show him as a kid and then he gets to the party and Bill, but something about this one that always made me feel more for, you know, the young Scrooge than the other versions did. Yeah. Yeah. It, abs- it shows his kindness. Like he's, it's not so far off. Yeah. You know, like this wasn't, you know, when he was a small child, this was not that long ago um, in the grand scheme of things. So, right, right. you know, for him to be able to turn over a, a new leaf is a lot more realistic or, you know, it's a more achievable. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause usually you're right. Scrooge is like, you know, an old, an older gentleman and, and all the stuff happened years ago. And for him, it's really not, not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, after all this, he kind of has a, kind of has a little, a new way of seeing things. So he goes to the shelter that Claire works at because of course she is like a living saint. Yes. You know, so, uh, so he goes to the shelter and he meets a, a couple of, uh, homeless people that later on, oh, at least one of them will come back into play. Um, but he kind of tries to patch things up with her, but he is like so impatient. Like he just, he can't wait the five minutes for her to do her thing. And yeah. because of that, I mean, he ends up like ruining it and he goes back immediately to his old ways, you know? That's where one of my, the, what I was talking about before, one of my favorite moments of him when he, He's like yelling at her coworkers who are just volunteers and like screaming at their face in front of her. Like (laughs) you would never let someone do that to like your coworkers or, Mm. you know, it's just, and then it was just too funny. That's how you know that she's like the nicest possible person because no one else would put up with that. No one would put up with that. Would would deal with any version of that. Like (laughs) even if it's like him at at his peak before he becomes a better person, no one would deal with that. I deal with it a little bit. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, because um, she's still like, just give me five minutes. I mean, the whole time she's still, you know, just just wait. I'll let me take care of it, and I'll I'll go out with you. But yeah, and then he just walks. I don't know. Yeah, the whole part I was just like, man, this guy, like, he did not learn his lesson. No, no, and, and you know, I mean, Scrooge, I guess, really, really never does until the very end. It always takes that yeah. last ghost for you know to really punctuate it. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, but but I love how I love how they confuse him for Richard Burton, and uh, <laughs> and then he ends up doing that Richard Burton bit, which is like something that he would do on Saturday Night Live, which right. uh, I always appreciated too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bill Murray, he's got the best bits. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to pull from for sure. You know? For real, yeah. Well, anyway, so then we get to the Ghost of Christmas Present while he's. Uh, He's on set. Everything kind of turns dark. And this is like my favorite ghost, I think. I mean, yeah. I really enjoyed, you know, good past. Uh, but I think this one is just so much more fun because she just mm-hmm. like beats the tar out of him, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like her anyway as an actress. She's so fantastic. I usually like anything that she's in. <laughs> Carol Kane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, she was in what? The Princess Bride, right? Mm-hmm. I think she was uh, Miracle Max's wife. I, yeah, think? I think so. Yeah. 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 She's just, she's so funny. And then of course she was on Gotham where she was like the penguins. Mom oh yeah. And, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm a huge like sci-fi fantasy comic book nerd. So uh, of course I watched all that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We watched it. We watched that too. In, in, oh. in, 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 even, even the last scene we're like, Oh, I, well, I, oh. That's, yeah. that's the suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. Yep. Glad we wait around. Like we were waiting around for that moment. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. everybody was. Yeah. I, yes, definitely. You yeah, know what? A little really... bit of a nerd tip too. I uh, where I work, I got to like tour sets and stuff. Nice. And uh, I used to be able to go on the Gotham set quite a bit, and that's cool. their set is really fantastic. That's it was so cool. so cool. It was my favorite things to walk through. So that was just like my little nerd out moment. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's, <laughs> I love stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, really yeah. Cool. She's, she's just, a, she's a great actress and mm-hmm. she just takes this part and she, my understanding is that she would actually like have, she would just cry. She would be sobbing afterwards because of like all the beating up of Bill Murray that she would have to do. (laughs) And like, it just, it made her, you know, so sad and and upset. 
And I know that scene where she pulls his lip, she actually really did pull too hard. <laughs> and, yeah, we read and, about that. That's so crazy. Yeah, she like tore mm-hmm. his, you know, his lip. Oh man, that's yeah. I they had to stop that. shooting for for a few days. For a few so. days, like, he yeah. To, yeah, he had to heal up. <laughs> that's crazy. And she felt bad about it already, like <laughs> just to make her feel way worse. You I know. know. <laughs> but of course we get like one of the funniest bits where she like hits him with the toaster, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's and, great. <laughs> yeah. she. So of course she takes him to see his brother and uh, you know, we get that whole thing where he was going to, he wanted to send his brother a towel for Christmas. Cause he was like earlier in the movie, he was going through the list of you know mm-hmm. gifts to obligatory gifts that he had to send. And like all the big wigs were getting like the VHS recorders, and <laughs> you know, which is that definitely dates the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, so they're getting all that and uh, everyone else that was just kind of eh or, you know, lower level, he, or he didn't like, he'd give him a towel. So he was going to give his brother a towel and his brother opens up the, uh, the VCR and, you know, wow. And all that. But they're playing the game, and this is like like the, my favorite part because you always have to. I mean, every Christmas Carol has like the, you know, the game where where Scrooge is watching, and you know, it's usually it could be like I think him up in Christmas Carol. It was like uh, um, twenty questions or something like that, and you know, in the different versions, they play all the different games. And so in this right. one, I like that they're playing like a Trivial Pursuit type game, and and then they ask mm-hmm. about the SS Minnow, which is like his whole life as we saw from past, you know, he was like a big TV guy. And, uh, I always enjoyed that scene because, you know, I actually knew the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> like, I know it. Come on. I knew it. And of course I couldn't play. But, oh, well. Uh, and then from there we, he goes to see his, uh, secretary grace and he sees, um, the, the young son, it's Calvin. Uh, and he sees Calvin, he doesn't talk. And, and we get another one of like the great lines, like, you know, I didn't know her husband died. <laughs> and she's like, right. yeah, don't. <laughs> don't you remember that year where she only wore black? <laughs> He's like, I, I remember her wearing black, but I thought it was a fashion thing. <laughs> get like, like these killer lines. Uh, it's just, it's, oh man, these bits are so great. <laughs> and uh they have like one of the cutest christmas trees ever where they like decorate calvin and all that <laughs> all that stuff oh so, yeah poor that calvin is... i know poor calvin he's so cute he was he was like an adorable <laughs> little boy oh man mm-hmm. i like to think my son's adorable but i hope he's as adorable <laughs> i hope other people <laughs> think he's as adorable right? as calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, you just never know. I think the same things all the time. Like, is he actually this cute, or is it just because we're his parents? Like, who's going to tell us for real? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so then, the very last place that she takes him to is like I don't know what, like a utility space or something underneath, like a, you know, one of those grates. And, oh, like a, yeah, like the uh, underground. Yeah, mm-hmm. a tunnel or, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. exactly know what it is. Um, but he sees Herman, the uh, one of the, the homeless people from the shelter there, and he's frozen to death. And, of course, he feels a little bit of remorse for not giving him the, the two bucks or whatever it was that he asked right. for. And so he's trying to break out and he breaks through the set and we're back in the present again. And mm-hmm. now at this point that uh, New York, Slimeball guy, uh, Bryce Cummins is directing. He took over Frank's duties, and Frank, of course, is very upset about that. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he kind of freaks out a little bit, runs into the fake. That's when we run into the fake ghost of Christmas present, and he goes up to or Christmas future. Excuse me, he goes up to his office, and then we get that iconic, you know, that huge yeah. skeleton hand that's about to grab him. When suddenly Elliot yeah. Loudermilk, <laughs> Bob Goldthwait, reappears with his shotgun, ready to <laughs> to take out his old boss, mm-hmm. and there's there's like a funny running gag throughout this whole thing where he's just like trying to get some booze and and you know get drunk like this whole time, and you know because his wife left him after he was fired and and this, he just this poor guy can't catch a break that day, you know it's like everything he does like he just can't. He can't get his drink. He's fired. I mean, he's like, 
he's just in real straits here. And I, I know I'm, I'm on the brink of laughing, but I mean, it's like terrible for him, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's also crazy that it's all in one day. Like you, he takes a very low dip. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. I mean, that's, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, watching this too, we were thinking, you know, PC wise, and this is not maybe necessarily something that we carry on now, you know, uh, the, yeah, the office, the in-office violence of sorts, <laughs> you know, like a, a fired employee coming back. Like this is very like terrifying nowadays, you know, well, yeah, but yeah. back then it was <laughs> it's, funny because it wasn't, a, it was a little bit more far-fetched where now it's like, Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. It's a little like more sensitive pizza. nowadays. Yeah. yeah, It's like reality. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Uh, but he makes it so funny. I mean, that's where obviously his, his personality comes out. Like his, uh, yeah. his acting skills, what we really love Bobcat for. <laughs> oh yeah. That voice that, I mean, it's so iconic, <laughs> his voice. And, you know, it's funny cause I, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard him like just regularly, like just speak normally. I mean, does he, is that like his normal voice or is that like his bit? I mean, I don't, I don't know. No, I think that's his normal. It's not as like, uh, I've heard him on like, uh, on, like, I think that's on like podcasts. I think yeah. I, I want to say I've heard him doing things. I think he talks pretty normal. Yeah. Like he'll squeak kind of how he is in the beginning where it, like he'll, it squeaks and stuff still. Cause I feel like that's still part of his natural voice, but it's not as, uh, it's not as, yeah. I've heard stories that. of like, him talking about how he'd, he would do stand up after police academy would come out and people would just want to hear him do the voice oh. <laughs> and he'd be like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, he's like i'll do it later or he would just kind of throw it in and interject with it and go back to his set because that, that's all at the time people wanted to see yeah yeah. Um, yeah well i mean it is it is such an unusual voice mm-hmm. and i mean he really made a name for himself with that in those police mm-hmm, academy movies and which are great by the way i love those police academy movies yeah, uh, I, really absolutely fantastic yeah. i got a chance absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, i got a chance about s- two months ago or so uh on one of my days off to just like see all of them while you know the kids were at school my wife was at work it was great like i dropped them off came home and just sat down and started watching it I mean, it was it was amazing because <laughs> they're they're only like an hour and a half you know so yeah. I, I got to watch all of them it was <laughs> oh man so good so good. It's really fun. We've watched. We, I mean, we don't have time to watch a full one right now, but we definitely recently when, have been watching. When you went away, she went away not recently, but like a few months ago. A few months, months ago, ago. and yep. uh, that's I, I watched part one and part two. Yeah, nice. I remember being on the TV like what parts of it? That's funny. I remember being like super bummed that Mahoney wasn't in five and six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, Elliot Loudermilk tries to shoot him, and <laughs> and he manages to escape in the elevator, and that's when he meets the real ghost of Christmas future. And he's got like this, you know, it, it's in keeping with the whole IBC, you know, network television kind of theme, and he's got like that that uh, face mm. that's like a TV screen. Right. And uh, so he takes him to see uh, what Claire looks like after, um, you know, in the future after she took his advice to scrape him off, you know, and save mm-hmm. herself. And so he feels like really terrible. He gets to see Calvin and grace. Uh, and of course Calvin is committed now because he has still hasn't spoken. And so, and then of course you get the obligatory, you know, death, like my own death kind of thing where he sees himself in the coffin. And then of course, all of a sudden he's experiencing, you know, his cremation. And so, yeah. And then bam. Also terrifying. Also terrifying. Yeah, that was, oh, yes. that's pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's uh what's that movie with Ryan Reynolds where he was. That's uh, what I thought of too. I don't know what it's called, but like he's like in a box the entire time. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't remember the name. To say Is it called life. in a box the entire time? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. That's like a killer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, um, of course, he sees that, he experiences it, and then bam, he's free, and he's alive, and Elliot's all confused, because now he's, like, extra happy and joyful, and he offers him his job back, and uh, with a bigger salary, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. all of a sudden, instead of wanting to kill him, now they're, like, you know, best friends kind of a mm-hmm. thing, and just because he's changed that much. Yeah, uh, and they're buddying up. Like I feel like he, that, that's the only way he didn't get shot was by yeah. his offering. Like I don't, I don't think it was on purpose, but like 
just to shower him with all this praise and you're going to do this. You're going to be in charge of this. And he just kind of just like, it all just kind of melts away and becomes a normal person again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. He's back to like his old self. And uh, so then he kind (laughs) of, he sends Elliot to like, hold up the the sound booth you know the, the production yeah. booth i guess yeah, he's, he's still a little crazy yeah i was gonna say he's not fully back to normal yet he's, <laughs> so he's holding them at he's shooting windows out and stuff yeah. still <laughs> well he interrupts their live uh their live christmas eve broadcast of a christmas carol and then he goes on his crazy manic you know christmas spirit filled rant you know where he just mm-hmm. talks about being a good person and we shouldn't just want it one time a year we should want it all year you know all year long and it's it's just like I know a lot of that was actually improvised. Uh, That's what it seems like. It seems like that that part on was just all improvised. Like there's like oh, just say whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot of times he stutters and, and breaks up, but it makes it so much more yeah. realistic and human in that moment. And yes. Then, yeah, you can tell it's kind of it's more. You, you hear the the feed me Seymour. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because like, he had just he had just done that, so like mm-hmm. you can tell like that was. An, like, all right, we're just going to keep that in, I guess, because the, the rest of the speech is so awesome. So we'll just, yeah, it's just him, like, just spouting for five minutes about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, one of the one of the writers, O'Donohue, uh, he was upset because, like, a lot of that wasn't what he actually wrote for that scene. Yeah. And uh, Richard Donner apparently liked it so much that uh, after Donahue O'Donohue said something, he actually like punched him in the arm and gave him a bruise for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it just works. Yeah. And, uh, it's one of the most honest parts of the whole movie. Yeah, it's so it, good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He talks about just... like the person you want to be is who you are like at Christmas time. And it's so true. Like you're so much nicer and kinder and forgiving. And that's not what we all hope to be the rest of the year. You know, like, yeah, those parts are just so real and sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always my favorite part, and uh, I mean I know I, I've said favorite part. It's really I love the whole movie. So like the whole movie is my favorite, but but I think out of everything in total, uh, it's definitely my favorite because you're right. He's just there, like just giving it as his all, you know, laying his heart out, and uh, it it really works. So of course Claire's watching. She hustles on over, and they end up together. Where and you get the you know the. Claire the whole world, the whole world, Claire kind of a moment. And they live happily ever after, right after Calvin says, you know, the God bless us everyone line. And, yeah. And he proves that he really is the tiny Tim of it. And mm-hmm. it's it's just amazing. And it always uh, warms my heart. And then we get the whole, uh, all right, now let's just hear the the girls. You know, okay, now, oh, yeah. the, you know, now the guys, you know, <laughs> he's trying to cue them in to sing the put a little love mm-hmm. in your heart. <laughs> and then uh, And then that's the movie. Um, this one has always been on, like on my radar ever since it came out, you know, like I mentioned, we, I saw it in the magazine. I thought it was amazing. Uh, just the art, everything. And then we saw it and I really enjoyed it. I mean, and, yeah. I mean, I know I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm older than you guys, but, uh, at least everyone I know from my generation, you know, uh, really enjoys it. So, yeah, I would say the same from us, you know, um, I don't, th- I don't remember. I have too many memories of it from when I was a lot younger. I don't feel like this is something my mom would care to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, a little bit more, I feel like, I don't know. She might have, but not as much. Um, but yeah, this is definitely when I got old enough to want to watch my own stuff since then. Yeah. Again, like every, every year, you got to watch it. You nice. know, that's my Christmas Carol of choice. It's definitely on the top of my list as well. That's your Christmas Carol of choice. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> high, high praise yeah it is it's so different and it's also bill murray like i don't know it's something me, i could watch over no, and over it. again i get it yeah for me it's always a it's it's hard to choose but it's either this one or the muppet christmas carol yeah that yeah. one is pretty spectacular but mm-hmm. i feel like i've watched this one over and over again a lot more than i've watched the other one so that says something you know that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah the downside is my wife doesn't really like this one so i always have to watch it like, <laughs> like by myself so <laughs> the moment during christmas time like oh i finally get a moment to myself that's what i'm doing <laughs> yeah exactly and of course i work at a christmas store so i don't get very many moments to myself during christmas time oh yeah <laughs> so Good i usually call. haven't have to end up watching it like outside the christmas season 
<laughs> or just have it play and you work at a Christmas store. There you go. <laughs> Put it up on the TV and just have it play at work. <laughs> I wish I could. The theme. <laughs> yeah, that's above my pay grade. I can't do that, unfortunately. <laughs> it's all about marketing the Christmas. Come on, you know, big business. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to pitch that and see if it sticks. Let employees watch movies at work. <laughs> hey, it's research, you know? For, forget about selling. Yeah, I don't need to sell anything. Oh, man. Uh, final thoughts on uh, on the special, or excuse me, on this movie in general. What do y'all think? I like it, absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely, it's in rotation for sure. There's only like, I would say there's maybe five or six movies that we watch every single Christmas season. And this is definitely one of them. It's It's... I mean, you heard her say she, it's, it's it's her most favorite Christmas Carol, and like it, it's probably up there for me as well. I mean, it's it's because it's it's it skews it, it's it pivotal parts to be different than the original Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. which I can appreciate because otherwise it gets a little bit to stale, the same story over and over again. Right. But, but adding all these new elements and making it kind of modern and making it about like something different, like. I, I I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I've always really liked it. Yeah, and, and Bill, Bill Murray was awesome at the time, and he still is. So it's it's cool to kind of like have him injected into this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it adds a more of a comedy vibe to the Christmas Carol. And right, yeah, right. I mean, we love comedy, so it's right up our alley. Nice. You know, it's funny because when he first got the script, um, he was retired from acting. Well, not retired, but he had kind of withdrawn from acting for about two years. And he got the script and he thought, oh, maybe not yet. And then he started looking at other things and he never liked any of them. So he eventually went back to this one. And so this was like his his big kind of comeback. And it got like crazy mixed reviews. I mean, it's only like, I think it like 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, I mean, it's pretty low even on uh, Metacritic and all those, which you know, it makes sense because you look at it and it's tonally, it's kind of a mess. You know, it's it like it shifts so much uh, throughout the whole movie. But but there is a charm to it that I think is is there. And I think that's what keeps at least me coming back, you know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, so, OK, I have to ask, what is your hap, hap, happiest memory about uh, Scrooged? If you can recall it. And if not, any memories do. That's a good question. I can go. I mean, I, 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 talk, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but um, I remember this was back with, I, this is back before my parents got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> so it, was, it was a half year time just because of that. Right. But, uh, I remember, I remember seeing this with my parents, I want to say. Nice. And again, like, because I'd seen all the, Police Academy movies, which I was way too young to see these some of these movies, but <laughs> especially I'd the seen first them all. One. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and so, like, I seeing Bobcat Goldflake was there was was really cool. I remember that being a big deal because, like, I had bonded with my dad, like that kind of thing. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I I remember seeing it a long time ago. I don't remember. I def, I don't see. I don't. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but I remember seeing it with my parents. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um. I really don't have one. Oh. I can't think like far back enough to like think of a, a nice moment with it. I it just could have been last I'd... year. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed just watching it the other day again. <laughs> yeah, there you there go. go. Hey, that works. <laughs> <laughs> it was an opportunity to watch a Christmas movie outside of the Christmas season. Yeah, so. it felt pretty good to do yeah. that. <laughs> it All right. got me in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Anything to, to always bring us back in the spirit, especially during this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why we're here, right? Yeah. Do we yep. can. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so for me, it was uh, watching it when I got back from college and um, I was watching it with my family and my brothers were there. And as we were watching it, we were all just kind of quoting it and throwing out, you know, lines here and there. And, you know, just one of those, one of those family moments that just makes it kind of special. So oh, yeah. Nice. yeah, that would be <laughs> mine. But now it is time for my favorite segment, which is Gag Me With a Spoon. So uh, for those of you that don't know, this is the segment where we take our least favorite part of the movie and we do our best impression of that. Um, so I will allow you to um, go first. So we just kind of set up the scene for us. and Yeah, and, you know. because there's two of us, we, wanted, we decided we'd do a brief pe- uh, piece of dialogue. Nice. From nice. when... Uh, Frank's talking with the uh, standards and practices person 
about the solid gold dancers. <laughs> okay, this is one of my favorite parts that I just. <laughs> it's also a line it's that's my line was improvised in the movie, so we yeah, that the, was pretty great the, as well. Yeah, the, the guy, the carpenter, he uh, improvised this line. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, I, I'm. And this, so they, for anyone that doesn't remember, this is the part where um, the standards and practice woman is talking to uh, Frank and about the outfit that the uh, the solid gold, the dancers. Solid gold dancers are wearing, mm-hmm. and you could see visible uh, nipple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then at that moment, a couple of set workers and carpenters walk over with like a ladder, yeah, and lighting equipment. So, yeah, so that's, that's a scene. <laughs> All right. Here it is. Um, well, Charles Dickens would have wanted to see our nipples then. You can, uh, you, you can hardly see them nipples. See, these guys are really looking. <laughs> <laughs> and there oh, we go. man. <laughs> there it is. And a scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, that was great. So good. So, uh, for mine... Um, I mean, it was like ridiculously hard to pick a spot. So uh, I decided to go with um, Herman, who's one of the uh, the three people that uh, Frank runs into at uh, the shelter. And uh, it's right after he's done his impression. Uh, or or uh, No, it's right after that. They keep calling him Dick. And he, he says, you know, why? You know, something like, you know, why do you keep calling me Dick? And so Herman says, I'm sorry, Mr. Burton. I guess we don't know you well enough yet to call you Dick. <laughs> uh, that's terrible but uh, anyway i'm gonna leave it up to you (laughs) to you (laughs) listeners um to vote and see which uh which you prefer uh is it chris and chris (laughs) as frank and uh, the worker or is it me as herman of course the winner will get a sticker unless i win which i get a big fat nothing and uh (laughs) but if you uh even if you don't vote for me, if you write in the comments uh, my name, I will go ahead and send you a little something too, listeners. So anyway, feel free to vote. And uh, I have a feeling that I'm going to lose bad because that's been the trend. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So um, before we go, you know, G.I. Joe, they taught us uh, that knowing is half the battle. What do you guys think is the other half? Mm. I, I think as it re- kind of relates to to this movie because like i would assume in general like gi joe was talking about like implementing what you're what you've learned mm-hmm. but maybe in, in this one it could be more specifically like about like becoming a better person based on the things that that, that you've done in your past and and like the like the, the things that are projected for you on your current course so i mean using this using the who you are who you were to kind of maybe correct yourself to kind of be a better person if possible. Nice. Very poignant. Yeah. I'll just, sorry, I blacked out. What was, what'd you say? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from. I just said it. (laughs) Yeah. I can't top that. So. (laughs) Okay. So so your answer is ditto. Okay. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Well, so, uh, it's better than mine. Mine is, um, so if knowing is half the battle, the other half is if you're going to have a crazy Christmas spirit filled rant about goodness on Christmas Eve, make sure you capture it on camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. That's really good. <laughs> so welcome back to chatting with the littles. I'm here with little number two and little number three who's running around. So little number two, how are you doing today? Good. You're doing good? Oh, I like to hear that. Do you remember uh, the, A Christmas Carol? Yes. You do? Which one's your favorite? Um, the Mickey one. Oh, the Mickey one? Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, that's very nice. And what do you think? If you saw some ghosts and you were being bad, do you think you'd be good then? Yeah. Yeah? What's your favorite part? Um, my favorite part was when um, Mickey... Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to know. We don't have to always have our, our favorites nice and ready. Well, thank you. That's been another episode of Chatting with the Littles. This is little number two, my three-year-old son. And we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program. Oh, man. Chris and Chris, it's been fun talking with y'all. Um, what do y'all want to plug? 
we have a podcast called Christmas Time in the City. Episodes come out at this point monthly. We're going to try to do that. And as, as the season approaches, we'll have more episodes. We cover basically the holidays in New York City and the general area around there. So, um, yeah, we've, this is, we're almost up at our year now of doing the podcast. It's been all kinds of fun. So, feel free to find us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we're Christmas Time in the City podcast on yeah. Instagram and Facebook. And you can find the podcasts wherever you find podcasts. Yeah. All it's, of those it's there. Things. Yeah. Just search just for search Christmas for Time in the City podcast. Um, and then we're also on Twitter. Um, Basic, but we're not barely. really on Twitter. But if you find us there, mm-hmm. you know, I, I you have like, to message yeah. us. But mostly Instagram uh, and Facebook, you can find us. Right on. Yeah. And uh, you guys should definitely check it out. It's it's great. I've learned so much just from uh, listening to them. And it's a good time. You have nice, yeah. nice soothing voices. And it's just, it's amazing. So definitely check them out. So with that, I'm uh, going to say thank you for coming on again. Uh, Thanks I, for having I really, us. really enjoyed it. And I'm going to sign off saying... There are people who are having trouble making their miracle happen. There are people who don't have enough to eat. There are people who are cold. Uh, You can go out and say hello to these people. You can take an old blanket out of the closet and go to them and say, here. You can make them a sandwich and say, oh, by the way, here. And while you're doing all that, check us out on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you are so inclined, (laughs) leave us a review and get your name entered into our first rad contest for a chance to win some cool swag from the Christmas store where I work. Don't forget to vote, guys. Later, dudes. What do you want to say? I think today's challenge should be... Should be what? <laughs> say, I don't know. <laughs> Didn't you tell me you wanted uh, to print out something? I want, oh, I want you to print out uh, a Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol paper. That's a good challenge. To, so print out a Mickey's Christmas Carol paper and color it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, you heard it, folks. That's your challenge. Later, dude.